It's time for the sports show for guys who know sports. Texarkana's longest-running sports talk show. With Zach and the Professor on 107.9, The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Leaving the Yard. Five o'clock here on the fan. 1079 as we come at you live from the, I don't know, messy. It's a messy Michelob Ultra fan cave today. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I appreciate the fact that uh, even though we're not working Fridays anymore, we've got so much in the show today. It's full. It's, it's a Friday full. show. It is wall to wall. We, we're even going to talk about sports in the first segment. We've we got are? so much. Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, we, we've we got so much in this show today. I thought, why don't we just talk about sports in the first segment? We got I got names to throw out there at you today. All right, well, before you do all that, since you're, pro, since you're promoing it big time. Well, it's huge. It's a huge show. Jesus. 5.15 today in studio. Former Texas A&M, Texarkana. Eagles women's basketball coach Blake Huber joining us. Yep. Former. That's because he got in big promotion. Yeah. Heading out to Sunday. Up. He's gone Sunday. D2, baby. So we're bringing him in today. No more NAI. Yeah. Last He's... time till he wins a national championship, we'll have him on the air with us. Yeah, we'll get him back on. Yeah. Well, he can just upset somebody big. We'll All right, I'll it. take that. Yeah, we'll take upsets. that. UConn. UConn. You beat UConn. You got a standing yeah. invite. He'll be on 515, 5.30, and you know how this works. All plans are soft, but I have texted Telvin Aguim. He thanked me for reminding him that we were calling him at 5.30. I'll expect he'll be standing by or sitting by his phone waiting now, for the number Telvin to Telvin or McTelvin? McTelvin. Well, they said Telvin. No, McTelvin. Okay. McTelvin Aguim. And what, who's he play for? Colts. Okay. So make sure. Well, and, and okay, since you yeah. give me the business on it, he was a December release yeah. from Denver, picked up by the Colts. He's not played a game for the Colts. That's he his roster zone. He's of the Indianapolis Colts. Denver Broncos, well, but. played for Hope High School, didn't he? Yes. The we former. don't introduce him as a Hope Bobcat. Well, why not? You introduce him as a former Indian- I ra- I, University of Arkansas nope. Razorback? Indianapolis Colts. That's how you introduce him. I think you can do all those. Nope. Either way, he's joining us at 5.30 today. He's got a thing going on Saturday. I don't want to introduce you, Chuck Zach, Fox Sports Radio, do I? You don't introduce me at all. <laughs> I did this morning. You go with that this guy over there. That guy. This very morning I introduced you. That's just some bull crap. Anyway. You got look because we got we got things to talk about. All oh, right. By gosh. the way, um, my my wife said after having viewed this morning show, yeah, it didn't look natural. Yeah, it didn't. I was in the wrong spot. You were in the wrong spot. Didn't look natural. I wasn't comfortable around you. I'll be honest. I know. All right. So what's your sports stuff? You actually got, want to talk about? We got about? all kinds of people. Well, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, Norm Hitchkiss today. Norm. I don't know if you're familiar with Norm. He's a, a, a radio personality, a yes. former writer. Well, he's still a writer to a certain extent, does some writing. 
But uh, those of you who are little ticket fans up there in that Metroplex, he was an original member of the ticket lineup. But the guy that was in the 10 o'clock in the morning spot was kind of a spare, to be honest. A guy named Chris Arnold. He went on to have a nice little career as the PA uh, guy for the Mavericks for many years, Chris Arnold. Okay. Uh, he was a hype guy. That's kind of who he was. You he need was, that he guy. Was you need a hype guy. But the fans of the ticket didn't take to him. And so uh, not long ago. They didn't like the hype? Ticket fans. They're jaded. The, you know, the early lineup was very different from what people know of the ticket today. All right. So not long after that, they turned to Norm Hitchkiss, who had been on KLIF for many years up in Dallas. He had been a sports talk guy at another station, came over, and when he settled in, uh, I don't know, around 2000 or whatever, he settled in for good. And uh, he he announced his retirement today. Norm's leaving. And he's got one of the coolest radio show names ever. Norm Hitchkiss? No, no, no. For many years, he was a solo guy, which you and I respect anybody Yeah, I don't like So now he's a producer. But I think eventually they made his producer part of the presentation. Okay, smart. His producer was named Donovan. So when Donovan came on, they made it the Norm and D invasion. Okay. (laughs) Which I think is one of the great... It's very historical. Yeah. Late Norman D. Yeah, invasion. We're well, about a week late of it being. Norm, who's old as dirt, I think he's pushing eighty. He probably was at Normandy. Yeah, he know. may have been, but uh, anyway, he's he's giving it up. He's he's iconic up in the well, middle. At eighty, do you blame so, him? I don't know. I think he's like seventy-eight. I don't know. At eighty-ish, do you blame him? No, no, no. I, but I, he went to seventy-eight. So I'm thinking today that uh, you, you and I no. are just in our infancy in this thing. How many years does Norm do on the air? 48. Really? 48 years in radio. Shoot. That's right, not so Al Hanna, but it's impressive. So if I think about it, if I think about going back well, from the beginning. Well, you started in middle school, didn't you? No, but, but 84? Yeah, you're right 84. there. 84. You're right I'm there. I'm coming up on what? This 40? 40 years. 40 years in radio. Next year, if I make it to, to a January... It'll have been 40 years. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I'm half that. <laughs> Norm's got how many? 48. Yeah, I'm not even playing in You're that You're not going for Norm. Nope. But 40 would be pretty impressive. Well, we get January 1st. We do a January 1st show. I'll You're consider 40. 40. 40. And after that, well, January 1st we won't. January 2nd. <laughs> that's probably a Sunday. January 3rd. I got to do some January show. Then we can hang it up hang 40 it up. years. There you go. But anyway, Norm's hanging it up. Norm Hitchkiss. Are you bummed by that? No, I don't get to listen to the ticket a lot. I would be. Norm was a guy early into uh, the wagering side of it. He was uh, always an odds guy and wagering. Now everybody does that. Yeah. Now you get paid to do it sometimes. No, that's right. With FanDuel and some of those folks. But Norm was always about the odds and things like that. And so that was kind of his niche early on. Uh, that he got all into that, and he would give you his favorites, and he was serious about it. He he looked was at he it. accurate about it? Do we ever go back and look at what was Norm's percentage of hitting the winners? I have no idea. Because I mean, you and I can sit here and, and yeah, do that. We don't even try. We'll we'll cost you we're, money. We know better. Righteous, not accurate. That's true. Yeah, but I'm wondering just how accurate yeah. Norm was. It's big talk when you say, "Hey, we're going to pick games here yeah. and give you odds and pick games." If you hit one out of 20, it kind of sucks. Yep. 
But anyway, Norm Hitchcock stalwart in the Dallas Fort Worth news radio market. It's a big hit. That's a big hangs hit. it up. Um, it is a big deal. All right. Now uh, there's, your, there's one, and I've got three. I've okay. Got three today. Well, you got one out of the way. Homer Jones. Did you see this today? No, I've been cutting grass and dying in the outside uh, today. Homer Jones, the former uh, Pittsburgh High School football star from back in the day. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Homer didn't go to Pittsburgh. Maybe he went to the African-American school. That's a good question. He's from Pittsburgh. All right. Was a New York Giant. Yep. Remember him? Um, Wide receiver? Had a couple of Pro Bowls. I think he spent five years in New York and then a year in Cleveland or somewhere. Yep, that's right. Homer Jones. Uh, passed away today. But do you know what Homer's most known for? Well, you just threw out a bunch of different things. So you're saying something other than that. Other than that. Other than being... Uh, uh, Homer successful. Jones led the league in touchdowns one year. See, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Pro Bowl player, but that's not what he's known for. So okay, I'm, I'm assuming he did something eclectic. Yes, something you wouldn't have expected. No, on your bingo card, your Homer Jones bingo card, you may not have gotten this one. The first NFL player to spike the football. Really? Yes, he. Uh, was going in for his very first touchdown of his career and uh, they had just passed a rule that year in the NFL. If you throw a ball in the stands, it was going to be 500 bucks. Yes, now, man. in the 1960s, 500 bucks was a big hit for an NFL player. Yeah. I mean, that was a deterrent. What would that be today? 500,000 or something crazy? No. It'd be pretty dang high. 50. Ah, 50 I bet it's 50. 50. 50K today. Anyway, so Homer Jones... I've been telling everybody he was going to throw the ball in the stands only to find out about the league rule. And so on his first touchdown, he just slammed the ball down into the ground and created the spike. All right. And so later on, uh, everybody copied Homer Jones spiking the football. See, I thought it was a big deal. It's not. It is a big deal. No, Ray Shimanowski. That's a guy. What did Ray do? First guy to spike our uh, punch bowl. Oh, okay. At the dance. <laughs> At the dance. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal. He yeah. probably set a precedent back doing yeah. that back in nah, the day. I figure at that school you went to, they've been spiking punch bowls for years. <laughs> the sisters were uh, probably encouraging the it. The sisters did not encourage yeah, that. If I looked at sisters at the high school it was brothers only brothers only it was only the brothers and fathers that makes me nervous at an all brothers and fathers high school that Ray brothers and fathers what was Ray Ray well we had co-ed dances oh okay yeah no you had co-ed dances just getting your buddies drunk yeah no no there's two two Homer Jones Norm Hitchkiss number three Tisha Cannon's very own Michael Walker. Did you see this last night? No. Six and two-thirds shutout. That's a long outing for Michael. Yeah. Ran his ERA. They, by the way, they won five to nothing over uh, Sci-Fi Guys Guardians last Ooh. night. Ooh. No, yay. We, yeah. we don't care about the Guardians. Padres won one last night, five to nothing. But uh, Michael's now uh, – Blake's coming in, so yeah. we've got to rush through this. Michael now, since May 1st – 091 or no point nine one is his ERA. Point nine one since May first. He was a we were in there last week when he was named the uh, pitcher of the month for the National League right. in May. So he's starting off trying to go to get another one. Yeah, but yeah. So now here we are yesterday on Flag Day, June fourteenth. Shut out six and two thirds. Michael Walker 
point nine one ERA for the last right now. six weeks. I want to. He's getting wins or NDs. He's in getting this. some wins. He's getting some wins. He's yeah, getting you got to get like wins. seven or eight wins. That's the problem but right you now. Used to say that. I used to say that, but now everybody just cares about ERA. No, I care about wins. No, you want to win the World Series. You don't want to ERA the World guys, Series. We get guys now winning the Cy Young with ten wins and well, a low ERA. Uh, that was a. That was that was. A, how many times People has that happened? People are all about stats now. I know, and wins is a stat that matters. No, not anymore. I, I've sat here and argued that, and you've argued against that. Well, I've changed my mind now. You need wins. Well, because it's Michael? Michael because you need him. wins. I want him to have wins. Well, the Padres need wins. Yes. They've got that huge payroll, and they're a game below 500. And behind the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Yes. and Are they trailing the Giants, too? I don't think so. But those Diamondbacks, they're a feel-good story. Really? Yeah. Nobody likes a snake. I agree. Nobody. I don't care what you say. Feel good. Yeah, there's three names I wanted to throw All at right. you before we got coaching here this Michael afternoon. Michael Walker, Homer Jones, Norm Hitchkiss. Those were the three names. We I need was. to start the show with three names from now on. No, that's yes. pressure. No, it's, that's awesome. That's a great start. It'll be Tweedledee, Twenty Dumb, and me. I, 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 no, that's well, a great three names pressure. from now on. We'll do it in the Our second. Our new segment is going to be three names. Yeah. Every day we got to come up with three names. Every day, three names. Jeez, the pressure you put on me. You started this. We're taking a break. 13 and a half after five, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the Fan 1079. Blake Huber coming in studio. I'm a little little emotional. I'm a little sad. Last time we're going to see Coach Huber. We'll take a break. We're coming right back. They're on the Fan 1079. To feel the common effects of nature, take a deep breath in and out. Welcome back. We got 17 and a half after five, leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan 1079. Uh, coming up at 530-ish, um, McTelvin Aguim is going to join us. We'll talk uh, NFL and stuff concerning his uh, deal this uh, Saturday. It's kind of a camp going on this Saturday. But, boom, sitting in studio. This our last time. This is it. This is it. This is so – who's going to love you more than we do, Coach? I'd say no one. No. Your mother, maybe. No one else. (laughs) Blake Huber's in here. I hate to say the word former. Former coach of the uh, Eagles women's basketball team over at A&M Texarkana. And uh, saw the post this week that you announced uh, got a new gig. And uh, you're you're flitting out of town. I am. I am. So, uh, you know, what a year it was for us. Uh, You know, all credit to our players. Uh, You know, we had a big time year. And, you know, you're only as good as your players. Uh, You know, so... Uh, what a year it was! Uh, a lot of history made in our program this year with you know the wins and you know the conference tournament and regular season and 
first team to ever win a national tournament game. So uh, credit to our players and, and everything they accomplished this year. And, um, yeah, you know, it was interesting process. Um, you know, I kind of – everything moved quickly with Eastern New Mexico. So I kind of went out there last week on an interview. And um, their AD is really, really special. He actually used to be the, the head coach on the men's side at New Mexico and New Mexico State. So he's – pretty top-notch guy he's he's got a really good vision for what they want to accomplish and I think our our goals and visions aligned and uh you know I got the offer last Friday uh and then from there it was just a lot of background check and all the backups you know stuff so officially signed my contract um Tuesday uh you know and then uh my resignation letter I sent in today to Texarkana and tomorrow will be my last official day uh so but Kind of a whirlwind, kind of a whirlwind, but, uh, you know, a lot of great emotions that, uh, you know, I'll take from from being here in Texarkana. This is kind of the life of a college basketball coach, particularly early in their career. It's it's kind of just how you have to be if you're going to move up that ladder. And uh, so when this occurs, it's not a shock to anybody. But at the same time, it's like, man, you had such a great year and brought such excitement into the program. It's a little bittersweet. It really is. It really is. I mean, we, you know, you know we obviously had a lot of good players coming back. I mean, uh, a lot of the theme after we lost in the national tournament was, you know, we want to run to this back one more time uh, and, and try to see if we can go further and, and make a Sweet 16 in the Final Four. So, you know, definitely bittersweet because, you know, uh, our players, I think, had a lot of motivation and hunger going into next season and what we were trying to accomplish. But, you know, at, at the same time, it's, you know, it is a business, uh, you know, and, and just from a financial and, uh, you know, everything across the line, it just it made more sense for my career, um, you know, and uh, super excited to get to work in New Mexico. But like you said, I mean, I'll obviously always have memories, um, you know, from what we accomplished here in, in our short time. I mean, you know, I wasn't even in Texarkana for a year. I mean, I got hired last June 15th and, you know, uh, you know, pretty much bounced after, I guess, 11 months. So uh, a really special 11 months. And, you know, shout out to my assistant too, uh, Coach Spradlin got a, a high school job in Frisco, uh, making pretty good money. So, you know, uh, it really worked out for both of us to uh, enhance our careers and, and take that step forward. Blake Huber is sitting in here with us. So how did you find out about the New Mexico, Eastern New Mexico jump? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I've been at Division Two at Arkansas Tech, Pittsburgh State, Henderson State. So, you know, the, the job came open. And, uh, you know, honestly, the Lone Star Conference is probably one of the best two or three conferences in the country in women's basketball. Uh, Lubbock Christians won like three of the last six national championships in, in Division II. Uh, they're in the league. West Texas A&M made a, uh, Elite Eight last year. Uh, UT Tyler uh, made an Elite Eight this year. Texas women's is always good. So it's a very rich tradition league in women's basketball. So, you know, the job came open and, you know, I, I kind of looked at the situation and I'm like, you know, I think this would make some sense. And, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, got in contact with the right people and, uh, you know, just the way we went. So, um, you know, I'm just, you know, super pumped and, and uh, excited for, for everything that could happen there uh, in Greyhound Nation. So, 
When did you uh, let the girls know? Yeah, so I called all of them. Uh, I called all of them on Sunday night and basically just kind of told them, you know, the the situation. And, um, you know, they get it right. I mean, most of my players, to be honest, you know, we've talked about were either Division One yep. or had kind of been at some higher levels. So, you know, they, you know, they got it and um, they were very understanding and, uh, you know, and, I, you know, I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for our players. So obviously all the credit to them and, and what uh, what they accomplished this year for our program and, and hopefully putting our program on the map. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe when people think Texas A&M, Texarkana, you know, women's basketball is, you know, up on the list of, of things they're thinking about. Now, Eastern New Mexico changed their coach yep. before you got this job, obviously. So how was their season last year? Yeah, so they were 12 and 15. So, you know, not – totally terrible but you know a little bit under 500 so um, I think just needed to change the scenery there were some culture dynamics and things going on within the program that I think uh, they wanted to try to try to take a different approach and different steps so um, you know I'm coming in with you know uh, kind of similar to, to how it was last June when I got the Texarkana job I'm going to be signing a lot of players late a lot of division one transfers a lot of junior college players and um, you know trying to mesh everyone together um, school starts August 19th there so uh, we have an elite camp in early August so hopefully we you know we get our players back in in early August so you know you look at a calendar and I have about you know 30 to 40 days to go and try to sign 10 players so hopefully that's one every four days hopefully I can uh, get that accomplished so yep You didn't have a schedule, or will you get to have some say in putting the schedule together next yeah, year? Yeah, so in year one, our schedule has been uh, pretty much finalized. We're in two classics, two Division two classics. Um, I know we are playing the University of New Mexico in an exhibition, so that'll be good for our kids to go out to Albuquerque. And, is that is that a money thing? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of it. Yeah, that's a lot of it, for yeah. sure, 100%. I mean, is that expected at the D2 level that you're going to have to play one or two games a year to pick yeah, up a check? Yeah, I think that's part of it, and then I think – you know, let's be honest, we do talk about we do have a lot of Division One transfers that come to D2 and play for us, and I think it's kind of a chip on the shoulder game for them is, you know, I can still play at this level. I should still be at this level. So, you know, I think financially it's that's their place. 100%. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, we'd probably be paying them, I guess, to come. But, no, it's, you know, it's mainly financial. But I do think for our players it's it's a great experience. And, and we have two or three players on our team from the state of New Mexico. So I think the fact they can play the Lobos and, you know, the big University of New Mexico, I think, you know, is a huge attraction for them. Oh, yeah. And, and show the big guys they were wrong. Yeah, that's right. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and kind of what I talked about, kind of talking about Coach Spradlin, you know, uh, we get two full-time assistants where I'm at. So it's just, well, it's a really good setup. You know, we're going to get to, I'm trying to hire uh, one of my best buddies is actually coaching professionally in Australia right now. He's really? Australian. So I'm trying to get him across the globe again and, and back to the States, uh, you know, and then have a lot of different options for my second spot. You know, a lot of former players and, uh, you know, to you know those types that are, are looking at for the second spot so it's just you know a lot of exciting times for for what's going on I, you know I, I'm, I'm stuck in this spot of asking you do you like this pull-up move start over yeah. again the challenge of finding players the challenge of finding coaches the challenge of turning around a program 
or somewhere in the back of your head, you're like, yeah, I'd like to stay someplace for four or five years and not have to fight finding 10 kids in 40 days, not having to find two assistants, right. not having to figure out all that stuff and, and build on 29 wins and see for if sure. we can't get to 32 or three. I, yeah. Somewhere in the back of your head, which one's more exciting to for you? For sure. I definitely think this is a spot where I'll be at home for a while. Uh, you know, this isn't a situation where I'm trying to flip it quick and move on. I think this is somewhere where I can be home for a while. Uh you know, yeah, I mean, obviously very uh, – like this past season, obviously it was exhilarating when I found out. I remember the first time we talked and we're like, man, how are you guys going to get – you know, how are you going to just get right. to average? Uh, and in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I think we got some kids coming here that have a chance. So, you know, it's exhilarating when you're signing really right. good players. But, uh, you know, in, in my stage of the game, my recruiting board, we're – you know, I'm talking to about 20 players right now consistently and – the board looks great, uh, you know, but until you sign the national letter of intent, right. you know, it, it's kind of you're, you're very stressed. So right. uh, it could be exhilarating in about 20 days when I'm like, oh, gosh, like we got some talent, uh, you know, but right now it's kind of like, oh, man, like I wish I was at somewhere where I just had like 10 players back and right. only had to sign two or three. Now, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a minute now because yeah. obviously you've still been employed at A&M Texarkana until this week. Right. Have you done recruiting? Do we have kids coming that that you've you know kind of said this is I'm selling you on the facilities. I'm selling you on what we've done, and where are they now? Yeah, we did have about five kids committed. Um, uh, in all honesty, I think it's tough, right? You know, in, in college athletics, ninety five percent of players are committing for the for the for the coach. Sure, you know, oh, like yeah. the, you know, a gym's a gym. Right, ninety four feet, ten foot goal. I don't think those players will stay, in all right. honesty, uh, you know, but uh, I do think Texarkana is a great place, and we do have great facilities, and being in the A&M system is a huge draw, uh, so I don't want to limit, you know, what we have, but I just think the player-coach relationship is what usually draws kids to a school, um, you know, so uh, there, you know, there are some kids committed, but the likelihood of those uh, holding you know, probably hard to say. Probably not high. Right. Uh, you know, but you know, that's a wait and see game. Well, and you know, we we had Michael Galvin in here a couple of weeks ago, and, and Tony and I have talked about this. And and here comes the reality of, of some of this. I mean, at the end of the day, we got a new college president coming on board. Yep. Somebody's going to have to make a commitment to being able to be competitive. What you did this year is an anomaly. Honestly, I mean, you brought in a bunch of kids who bought into you. And you didn't have a whole lot of money to spread around to be able to get them here. Right. And, and somewhere in there, A&M going to have to recognize you can't expect that to happen right. on a regular basis because you're going to get beat out by schools that can say, hey, I've got a scholarship I can yeah. give you. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you look at our league and it's, it's interesting. Uh you know, and I have a lot of respect for the coaches in our league, but there there are better setups in our league than what we have. Yeah. You know, when we beat a, a Xavier or a LSU Shreveport or an Olu, it's you know you kind of in the back of your mind you're like they have better resources than us. Yep. They have they have better stuff. You know, so you know when you can beat schools like that, it you know it, it kind of gives you a chip on your shoulder, and you're like, okay, like we got something going here, right. and, and that's what we saw in the national tournament. You know, we we got to Marion, and and man, they're a great team, and you know, great uh great coach, and you know, we get up there in Indianapolis, and you know, I mean, they got 
three trainers and four strength coaches and you know shoot our kids were taping their own ankles right, this year right. so it's just you know the the it was just a different level of of stuff so um you know i think uh you know that's kind of where the you know you see it in division one the arms race of okay well alabama built this so now a and is going to build this and then yep. arkansas is going to build this so it's you know any level you're at it's an arms race of how can we get more resources to be more competitive You told yourself there you get 10 scholarships. Yep. Is it a level playing field in the Lone Star Conference? Everybody's at 10? Yeah, so uh, the max you can give in scholarships in D2 is 10 for basketball, men's and women's. So, uh, you know, certain D2s have maybe more academic scholarship money or more, uh, you know, like transfer scholarship stuff. So, you know, you can kind of, you know, certain schools can kind of – coming in at a pretty level. And that's honestly, to be honest with you guys, that's what I love about the D2 level. I think from D1 to D2 to NAI to – Juco D2 is the most level playing field of all divisions, um, you know, of, of any classification. Uh, you know, we talk, you know, Shreveport has way more stuff than we do. Uh, you know, where Lubbock Christian and West Texas have been the best schools in our league traditionally, I pretty much have the same amount they do. So, you know, I, I just think it's more of a fair, even playing field. There you go. We're out of time. It's phone call, but it's great seeing you one last time. We wish you the best of luck. It's been a, a whirlwind season. I'll be honest with you. We had a hoot all year long. Uh, loved having you come on the show. Loved your honesty. And uh, uh, wish you nothing but the best because yep. uh, you, you've really uh, you've, you've set a pretty high bar in Texarkana <laughs> for the next coach to have to meet. Yeah. And when you have that big upset, we're going to call you. <laughs> yeah, when you beat UConn or uh, New Mexico, expect a call back here in Texarkana. You're going to go, yeah, no. Knocks yeah. out of those guys anymore. I'm past them. Uh, Somebody awesome. from Albuquerque calls. That's different, but not these knuckleheads. Uh, awesome. Blake, Thank you, guys. Blake Huber, appreciate you again. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. McTelvin, a game coming up next. You're on Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor on the Fan 1079. back it's about uh, 24 minutes till six o'clock leaving the yard zach and the professor here on the fan 1079 and uh we are very honored once again to uh, have a chance to visit with mctelvin agim he is uh i tell you what, it's been a couple i don't think we got you on last year we've had you on two years ago but it's great to talk to you again how have you been i've been great thank, thank you guys for having me again man well, I tell you what, uh, very excited. You've got some big doings going on this weekend, and we certainly wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about that and uh, maybe attract some more folks to uh, to what you got going on. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, so right now what we got going on is McTillman again. Um, June 17th is going to be at Spring Lake Park. I'm a free event for the kids, and if you got kids and you have time, please bring them up. And just enjoy the festivities. Everything is free. Um, just something to show the community. I still care. I'm still here. Now, what time? If if I've got my kid, I'm like, all right, I'm hearing McTelvin talk to me. What time's a good time to bring him out there? Uh, yeah, it's going to be 12 to 5 p.m. All right. So wh- what do you got going on Saturday afternoon? So we're going to have a fun zone for the kids uh, on the flyer. 
it's an Eventbrite. I'm just kind of kids up. It's just a basically a permission slip. Um, we gonna have a water balloon fight. We gonna have um, hot dogs, crawfish, burgers, Chick Fil A. Um, trying to work out the barbecue and the snow cone place right now. So it's, it's all gonna be there. Like free everything. Just we gonna give out a couple. Uh, gonna give out a couple things with uh, the, the coach that you were able to give to me uh, for the kids. A bag, a little mini football, and all of that. So. Please just come out if you got time. What, what age group? What age group do you want out there? Um, honestly, we could be um five to thirteen, but everybody else is welcome as well. All of the grown-ups are welcome uh, just the same. Now, I guess you said water balloon fights and things like that. Probably need to show up in some sneakers and shorts. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, please show up in sneakers and shorts. Got anybody in particular you're going to make sure you hit with some water balloons? Um, nobody in particular. Nobody in particular right now. But I definitely, if I see Trey Carson out there, I'm getting him. <laughs> if, I see Trey, if I see Trey Carson out there, I'm getting him. I'll make sure that he's warned. He better be armed and ready to go if he shows up at uh, uh, McTelvin Game Day at Spring Lake Park this Saturday. Now, this is part of a thing you've been doing. You, you, did, you did a thing back on Thanksgiving where you gave away turkeys and hams. Part of a, a, a group or an organization, how a foundation you call Charlie's Angel. Uh, explain that for folks. Yes, sir. Uh, so Charlie's Angel, uh, talks to my grandmother, uh, the name comes from my grandmother, uh, Charlie B. Coleman, um, a great woman, double amputee, legally blind, but to me she was superwoman. Um, she taught us that it takes a village to raise someone and it takes a village to make sure everybody is able to to progress in life, and and you don't have to do everything at all. Like you can you can do it with family. So just getting those teachers from her and and that foundation is what I still stand on to today. So I want to be able to give back to my community and let them know I understand it takes a village, and I'm here to help and and lend out a, a helping hand. Now, did you ever hear when one door closes another one opens? You you get now you're in Indianapolis. Tell us about how that's going for you. Um, it's been great, man. Um, I just want to say thank you to Denver because uh, when I asked for my release, um, they didn't have to give it to me. Um, they got some great guys at the organization. I just could tell that I passed one on the same, um, one on the same, like, we weren't on the same path. And, like, uh, it was just time to, to part ways. And they understood. Um, they felt like I was a great person in their organization. And I felt like their organization was great to me. So it was a mutual pardon. And um, I felt like it helped my career. And we're going to see how much it helped um, when the season starts. Was this the first time you really got a look at the business of the NFL? Most definitely. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about John Elway. George Payne was a, is a great guy, a great GM. I feel like that team is going to do great and great things. I just, I feel like when you bring your guys in, you have to give them a shot. And I understand, and that was the part of the business that I understood. You know, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a bit different, but it was still understandable. So, uh, like I said, they great group of guys, great humans. Um, 
I feel like I, I feel like I got a great opportunity with the clubs. They they've shown me a lot of love, shown me a lot of opportunity to grow within the organization. So this is all I'm trying to do is take this time just to grow. Now, NFL players don't get much time off anymore. Uh, I'm surprised you're even getting a weekend down here. Is it getting to be a full-time job to be an NFL player? It definitely is. Um, and then I think when you, even when you have time off from the from the organization, you still have to work out and still make sure you're maintaining um, your stamina and everything like that. you got to make sure everything is still – uh, hitting on all cylinders because we have to go back uh, July 27th. So we just got we just got off today, and now we have to go back July 27th. So especially if you're trying to do something, do something with the family or do something in the community, you have to do it very soon. McTelvin, Aguim joining us this afternoon. You uh, you graduated from the University of Arkansas. You talk about this is being a full time job. How is your body different now than it was when you graduated from college? Uh, it's just more tall. It's just ready for this type of game. It, you can you can you can just see I've grown in the chest area, my legs. Everything has just matured. You think you're you think you're mature when you're leaving college, and you think you're ready. But this is a grown man's game, and these guys sometimes have a ten year head start at this game. You know, like the old linemen, they they last for a while. So going up against those guys have knowledge and are able to do things that they can get away with because they've been doing it for so long. And it's certain things that haven't been taught to the college, to the college uh, levels and everything like that. Uh, not just necessarily, not just necessarily um, body-wise, but body is totally different. You can, you can always tell the definition. Everything is, is different when you get to the NFL. Yeah, it's one thing being 20 and going up against 20-year-olds. It's another being 20 and going up against 30-year-olds. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And these guys have mortgages. They have families they have to take care of. So sometimes I feel like it means a little more to them. You know, um, you have to be able to gain those things. A lot of guys from college don't come in with kids. We we don't understand this guy across from us is – fighting for his family and fighting basically for his livelihood. Now, when you have a gathering like you have this week, these mini camps that they have in the offseason, is it, are you learning? Are you working out? What's going on mostly for the for the average fan? What's been going on this week? Um, so, right now, uh, so, so we just had, we just had mini camps, so we just grinded our butts off um, got a little time off before about July 27. So now it's another grind. So this is when you get with your uh, position specific coaches. Um, try to work on your skill, hone in on your craft. Make sure you're still working out and make sure you're still having a healthy diet because when you get back, it's camp. And camp is the most serious part before the season. You know, like it's what leads up into the season. Season, And it, it shows where you will be where you where you will be here? You be with the one, who's the practice squad, you know. So you this is the time. This this six week break is where the professionals really take advantage of. You last year had a pretty good camp. It felt like good a good preseason. Was that part of the reason why the when you became available settled on you, or did you know somebody in the Colts organization? 
Um, I think it de- definitely had to deal with um, my 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 camp and my preseason games. I think they seen that film and they wanted to give me um, after the preseason games, but it just wasn't. I wasn't available, and then I think they knew I was going to be available after the season. So um, I ended up coming available four weeks before the season ended, and it just worked like that, man. Um, that was one of the teams I thought I might get drafted to coming out, but it just didn't happen. I got drafted to Denver instead, and, you know, it just all came full circle. Well, man, you good luck. It's, it's exciting for me. I know every year at camp you got to prove yourself to stay on the roster, and uh, then you get to come back and be a big hit in town like this weekend. <laughs> uh, yes, sir, man. And I, I love to be able to come back and just – Come back to where I was raised. Come back to the city that made me who I am. I remember um, coming to like things like the Newtown reunion and seeing everybody get together and, and just be something like a family. Even though we're from different parts of the city, it was something like a family. So I'm big on family, man. And I just want to be able to, to give that to the next generation. Well, we want to remind folks Saturday is uh, McTelvin Aguim Day, Spring Lake Park. Noon. Now, what if we got a big downpour on Saturday? It's supposed to be all right. It's supposed to be dry, but just in case. Yes, sir. Hopefully, it's going to be. So, uh, you said just in case it is. Yeah. Man, we, we, if, if it is, we're going to we're going to try to see if we can move it to somewhere else. If not, we're going to have to just try to move it to probably a Sunday or something like that. Okay, but I, I think it's going to be dry though. I think it's going to be pretty good on on Saturday. It's going to be. Anyway, that's what it's made. You don't want to get the barbecue the, the barbecue wet. Yeah, you don't want to get it out of the barbecue crawfish out of that, man. That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we appreciate you coming on. It's great visiting with you again. Uh, best of luck this year in Indianapolis. Hope we get you on the uh, on the permanent roster and uh, get you in some games this year. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Again. All right, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, thank you, guys. There you go. McTelvin Aguim joining us this afternoon. We'll take a timeout. We're going to come right back. Last segment, Leaving the Yard, coming up next here on The Fan 107.9. Welcome back. We've got uh, about eight minutes till uh, six o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the professor here on the fan, struggling with my uh, time telling skills today. It's all right, though. Uh, no show tomorrow. We actually uh, get to a Friday and don't have a show tomorrow. Kirk and Company tomorrow, special guest tomorrow morning. The boy is going to be in here with me tomorrow, Grace and Kirk. He'll be talking some uh, SEC and. Uh, some other things that are going on. He's a big golf guy. He got to go to the PGA, so I'm sure he'll have his spin on uh, the U.S. Open this weekend as well. Oh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky came out 62. of the gate hot. Now, they're playing a par 70 course, I yeah, think. This I think weekend. so, yeah. He got a 299 par 3. 299 par 3? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
I wonder what the uh, average score on that is. I don't know, but uh, DeChambeau said so. <laughs> so what's the deal? <laughs> I think for DeChambeau, that's a four iron. <laughs> yeah. Besides, uh, Xander shuffles awfully also at eight under. Yes. And, uh, you know, little Scotty Scheffler has been uh, making Sunday runs, but he's been starting too far back. But uh, he's on the leaderboard. Yeah, up he's early. in the conversation. Yeah. I would have liked to have been a fly on the uh, on the bag with uh, DeChambeau and uh, Rory today. Yeah. Both who shot three under. So you can imagine a little tension, little gamesmanship. And at the end of the day, they both had really nice rounds. Yeah. And are still in the conversation. Well, I think those guys will eventually work their way back. I mean, some people didn't like DeChambeau to begin with. I don't, no. I don't think it had a whole lot to do with that. But I think those guys have now realized that they got pitted against each other by management. Well, sure they did. Yeah. Yes. They were big name guys, opposite sides of the street. Yeah. Made it a whole lot more publicity yeah. about the issues. I of, think uh, Monahan and Norman pitted them against each other, and I don't know. You know, Monahan apparently had some health issues this week. Yeah. Now we'll see if that's stress-induced health issues or if powers that be in the PGA have said maybe you need to take a little time off, yeah. which would make sense. Seat's a little warm right now. Seat is a little bit toasty. Yeah. My wife's got uh, the control on the uh, seat warmer in our car. Yeah. I can see where somebody's controlling Monaghan's seat yeah. warmer right now. Yeah, it's not sense. in. I would think – did you read the article this week, the guy that negotiated that deal? Mm-mm. The Wall Street guy that put it all together? No. It's very interesting. Uh, he owned a firm, an investment firm, whose offices were in uh, one of the two towers. Uh-huh. He lost – 40 of his 60 employees and so he put this deal together with the Saudis and uh, it it was very interesting to see his background because you know most people know 15 to the 18 hijackers were Saudi Arabian and uh, talk about being in an awkward position yeah but uh, he lost his business part and the only reason he wasn't in the office that day himself he was out trying to qualify for a US amateur you're kidding me yeah, he was out playing golf that day. And his other two business partners said, no, nah, take the day off, go try to qualify. And that's why he's still alive. And But he's the guy that brokered this deal. It's an interesting piece a couple of days ago on ESPN.com. And maybe, well, I hate to say survivor's guilt, because you know people have that, but you wonder if his involvement in this isn't part of that. I don't know. I'm trying to finish off for my guys. Who yeah, we but lost. He's, he's the one that put it all together. Interesting. Very interesting. Just like any other business deal. That's what he does for a living. Broker's deals. Yeah. Uh, Somebody should have got him involved in the uh, Oakland A's deal. Yeah, unfortunately. I I tell you what. You know, I I was in Milwaukee last week. (laughs) I meant to bring that. Got right in the middle of the A's going on this win streak that finally ended, I think, last night. Tampa finally beat them. uh, Where they get to seven in a row. Yeah. But they uh, they went into Milwaukee to swept. They got three, four, and five in Milwaukee. I actually watched the uh, the Sunday game, and uh, the game. No, I didn't go. I watched it on the. I watched it on. It was on the local TV, so I watched the game Sunday afternoon and just shook my head about how you the uh, the Brewers starter Freddie Peralta gave up three hits or four hits. Three of them were home runs. 
one of them a three-run shot. They pulled him in the fourth. He was down five to two or whatever it was. He'd given up three hits. I don't know. But the A's, I feel terrible for the A's. Today, the uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball basically said the same thing. Everybody feels bad for the fans of the Oakland A's. For the fans of the A's? Yeah, I don't feel bad for them. No, I do. City didn't step up and build. And and the fans are the ones that end up getting... You well, know, getting they haven't over as been they... turning out in huge numbers, and I know it's a crappy ballpark. It's a terrible ballpark. But uh, Oakland is a city of the past. Vegas is a city of the future. I get it. But management and ownership has not helped them in the last few years. Did we hear all this complaining when uh, the Warriors moved across the pond? We did not. The A's are a little different. All right, we're out of time. Appreciate our guests today, Blake Huber and McDelvin Aguim. We'll see you guys on Monday. Future and reach your full potential at Liberty Ilo ISD. At Liberty Ilo, our educators will assist your child to